Margie Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. No, whatever it is. Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode 92 with return guest of the show, Tim Jacobus. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Um, I couldn't leave the, fan, the fans um, waiting. Uh, we, we, we covered off, and I want to say this at the top of the show, we covered off a lot of the, um, the Goosebumps series and all the regular questions that you see online, people um, post and all that sort of stuff. You know. Um, as in regards to you know your writing style and all that sort of like regular stuff so if anyone wants to listen to the the questions that people are um, mostly ask that's in the previous episode i'm going to have a link in the bio to the last episode that i did with tim um and uh in this one i want to sort of just have a bit of more of a general chat about goosebumps still but i want to also like chat about some some of your like earlier years what bringing um growing up and all that sort of stuff things that we didn't have time to cover in the last one to get more of a holistic picture of of awesome. yourself yeah it was it was the best leave last time because you just at the very end i remember you just being like well um you know i could probably talk about when i backpacked around america when i was younger but that's probably it for another time <laughs> oh that's right that's right yeah so, so yeah, there we go. That's a we'll, we'll hit that one and take it from there. <laughs> yeah, was, that's where we'll start the bidding for the auction of the um of the of the the Canberra's cheapest podcast um with the largest range. I think out of all of the podcasts that have a budget under uh, twelve dollars fifty, <laughs> I think I've <laughs> I've hit the furthest distance from from my geographical location. <laughs> Don't let this fool you. That's a green screen behind me. I didn't actually have original prints of Tim, Tim Jacobus art put up in the studio as sound deadening. I'm I'm showing too far behind the curtain, but yeah. Um, the uh, the lead up to this interview, I read uh, re or reread the um, it came from New Jersey book, and we we're, were chatting a bit about that before we got into it. Um, and I found this when I was trying to, because I didn't get it when it came out. I added that to my collection because I already had the Goosebumps series. So I sort of reached out to some of the other books, like the, um, like it came from New Jersey um, and some of the, like the, the pinned box sets. They made these like, sort of like a, like a cookie tin. Right. Um, but it had like, some special edition books in there and that sort of stuff i think aside from kiss you guys had the biggest range of merch <laughs> we did have a wide range of merch it went as far as uh glow in the dark uh glow in the dark boxer shorts with yeah that, that goosebumps on them so uh yeah we were we weren't shy about what we would put <laughs> that goosebumps logo on i um i, I tell you the extent of of the of the merch reach all right so when i was about i don't know 12 years old we bought this house that was built in the 60s and it, they'd grown up there was um uh, six kids in this house and a single mum. 
and um, the treasures you'd find if you're digging a hole outside to like you know do gardening or whatever. So this house was built in the sixties. The kids grew up in the in the nineties. I'm deciding I'm gonna go and do some gardening. You know, young kid, parents encouraged me to go outside. Um, I might have been born in the nineties, but I was raised like I was born in the eighties. You know, they just yeah, yeah. go outside. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm digging the hole and um, I see this like piece of coloured plastic and I pull it out and my brother's actually still got this to this day. We dust it off and wash it and it's one of the goosebumps rings with with oh, like wow. a, yeah yeah with like the monster blood um <laughs> uh guinea pig thing on the front of the ring an excellent find in the garden i tell you what man i i um i'm definitely gonna have to wear that one day i'll just pull up on my bike out the front of a cafe get out walk over goosebumps ring <laughs> um but yeah that's the extent of the merch so yeah it was cool to see um be able to get so much um variety out there and i think that really helped push the brand like the because people are interested like wow what is that what wh where did you get that from yeah so yeah the, the you know the books were doing were doing well and uh as it went along and they you know you start with the you know the typical merch and then after a while you're going all right well stuff is still selling so let's try you know try different stuff um going back to the autobiography the story behind that was they decided they were going to do a biography on rl stein it was called it came from ohio I got a chance to do the cover for that as well. And, you know, the idea was, well, let's let, you know, the fans of Goosebumps get the behind the scenes of uh, R.L. Stein, where he came from, and, you know, uh, give him an opportunity to tell his story. And that did pretty well. And so um, we, you know, we went to them and said, hey, you know, uh, that R.L. Stein book did good. Uh, we have this story that we tell at the schools for kids. Let's maybe we could put this together as a book and just do a, a spinoff and call this one. It came from New Jersey and then they could be sold together. And at first they were like, well, you know, I don't know if there's enough interest in, you know, in your story, but what we should do is let's, let's, uh, incorporate pictures into this book. Now, if yeah. we do that, we have to cut the number of pages because the books all have to be the same price point. So in order to put a high quality paper in there that we, we could print pictures and paintings and photos of when I was a kid, we got a chance. So I think the book is something like 60 plus pages long where yeah. a typical Goosebumps was around 120. So. Yeah that made it easier because uh you know i'm not a writer uh by trade um and i just kind of wrote it stream of consciousness and they um they then took it and gave it to uh, a woman named tracy west and she's an experienced writer and she was the one who organized it into the fashion that it is but it is all my words uh that she used a lot of the the silly 
quote things that I would put in there. But she really, really structured it so that it it read coherently instead of, you know, when I wrote it, it was a linear, I was born and the last page was, and now it's today. So uh, mine, it, mine was a little, you know, a little, little more dry. But um, uh, putting the pictures in ended up being fun, and we could do some how to draw stuff in there. Now, they did the the most minimum run that you can do uh, for a book just to save on cost because they weren't sure how many they were going to sell, and it only it sold okay. But um, what that's what's that what that has made happen is now it's become an incredibly rare book and the fact that you have a copy is way cool i you know back in the day i gave all mine away and uh the only one that i have is one that i bought you know used and it's from a, a school library it still has the library card pouch <laughs> in the back and you know there's some scribbles in it in a few places so um yeah if you have a copy of that it's 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 got some value to it and it was fun uh to to put a book together and uh yeah i it's fun when people show up at cons and they've got a copy of that so i love seeing it and signing it nice yeah yeah uh, mine's a signed copy as well um so I mean, if anyone's got a spare one, you can lend Tim. He wants to read it. <laughs> well, I've had people try to give them to me, and I, I appreciate it. They should keep theirs. I like my beat-up library copy. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a time where I had boxes full of them and I couldn't give them away. So it's nice now that they're all out there, and it seems that the people who have them really want them. Yeah, scratch that. Tim doesn't want it. Uh that's not quite what i said but okay let's go with that yeah, but you yeah. gotta understand in today's society people need information in 30 seconds or less like tim, tim, tim that book. don't send it to him tim likes his copy i've got a version signed by tim he's got a version signed by mrs needham the library That's right, exactly yeah and, yeah and i owe four dollars and 95 cents in late fees yeah, you you didn't get the book. You inherited its return fees. That's actually that's if that book is cursed in the way that it has about fourteen grand worth of late fees on it from nineteen from the nineties. Um, no, I actually really do enjoy. Um, I enjoyed that book because I'm used to R.L. Stein's uh, writing style, um, and it was good to see a read a Goosebumps. Um, well, a book part as part of the Goosebumps banner that was written by someone else. Yeah, um, it, it definitely had, you know, my my voice, you know, even though someone else took it over, it definitely had my voice in it, which I like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, obviously we were trying to be as tongue in cheek as possible and uh, but still be able to, you know, uh, keep you entertained for 60 pages. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it took it it took me as long to read it now as it did when I'm a kid. So I didn't get any better at reading. Um, I started. Well, to put my... I haven't gotten any better at writing either. So <laughs> we're both on the same page. <laughs> if it if it makes you feel any better, I still put my finger under each word and sounded it out. But um, I. <laughs> That's the reason I'm still talking about goosebumps. There's so many books I only just finished them, um, but. 
that's uh but that's good it's it's kept me entertained all these years which is which is good and and the um the bit i was going to ask about the the book the intro where you kind of create this narrative of like the similar style of goosebumps um is that was that written by you in the style of rl stein or was that done later so that was done later i yeah. when i created the cover which was a uh, which was based on a story that uh, a kid wrote to me and said, you know, I imagine you being this monster, you know, sitting there with a tail while you draw the pictures. And I went, ah, that, that's a brilliant idea. I like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did the artwork for it, and um, then this woman Tracy, who wrote the book, she saw that. So that was her. That was her undertaking. The you know the the actual biological biography uh, stuff is written by me but she uh no she uh she leveraged her best uh rl stein and uh, came up with that little segment awesome yeah yeah well that's um that's good I, it was it was um yeah like i said it was it was good to just see a, a different style of um so you and and also the play on the title oh this is the best thing we're promoting a book that no one can buy go go out <laughs> Okay. And this is why, yeah, this is why we got uh, we're struggling both of us for twelve fifty a month. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, you look, look, I can't buy it because I've already got a copy and I had to save to get that. So um the, the um the, the it's actually good though because I, I think that people that searched for it and got it kind of get like a good payout because it's not just the the story but like i said those pictures and the stories in there are really cool one one i wanted to mention was the first time you see when you like bailed on a horror movie that's <laughs> yeah stand by me's got nothing on that shit dude the um you, you know that was a story about two about four four guys sticking together this was a story about um and you can fill in the blanks here but I, from memory um of reading the book there it was just literally the movie was you just it was a bit much she just ba bailed on that is that is that what happened like a like a og horror movie what um i'm i haven't read the book in a while oh. so i'm 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 drawing a blank on what uh, right what, what i did yeah well uh welcome to the Marky worthington podcast we do all of our research here we make sure that we're all up to date um and well, this is the best time you tell me because i don't have any memory so you're gonna it's gonna be like a brand new story to me uh yeah well this is this is the section of the podcast where we both make up a story and the other one has to pretend they remember it perfect <laughs> no it's um but basically um there was a section there where um it was explaining that like you yourself um growing up didn't sort of have all these sort of like you know scary kind of like yeah. um no, that's a, yeah that's 100 percent true i was not the horror guy um i you know i was the kid who when we went to the movie theater and you know there was a scary movie i would be the first one to bail out and go to the payphone and call my mom and ask her to come and pick me up so uh the idea that you know all those years later i'm the guy who's scaring everybody else who's uh, uh you know 9 10 11 years old is just uh, it's it's 
you know, it, it actually what I think, you know, I've had time to think about that. Um, I think that worked itself because if I was a, say I was a real uh, edgy horror guy and I was in way deep, I think I would have a tendency to create art that would be maybe a little too much for that yeah. audience at that time. But the fact that I'm kind of a horror light guy myself, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, I have the, you know, I have the tendencies of a, a you know, an 11 year old kid in yeah. my old ass body here. And uh, <laughs> it just seemed to, to, to work. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I think that like, you know, there's, there's a reason that R.L. Stein didn't choose Rob Zombie to do it. And I, I, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, a house of a thousand goosebumps. But, um, I, <laughs> I, I think that, I think that you're right though. I think that even as a kid, um, I think that it really did well at tiptoeing on the side of like, my parents still let me look, read it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like there was certain, like, like you, like my old man, right? My old man's born in 1957. Okay. Now someone already knows one of my security questions to get into my $12.50 a month. Um, <laughs> um anyway um unrelated my favorite childhood um cartoon was 101 dalmatians all right there's two whoops um but you yeah, know um he was saying that he he remembers the drive-in going to the drive-in and he went in, and and in australia a lot of the towns are like a good half an hour apart in in most like rural areas most of them are longer so the next town over had a drive-in. It was about a half an hour drive, but he used to ride a motorbike. So he goes over on his motorbike to watch the midnight um, drive-in and just lays down a, a swag next to the bike and lays down and watch a movie, right? right? The movie was Howling. So he has to ride back at like 2 o'clock in the morning on his motorbike through the bush uh, well, which is like the like the like the forest. We call the forest the bush here. Um, and um, after just watching a movie about werewolves, so his experience was that that is the scariest movie he's ever seen in his life. So when we were kids, we could watch a lot of crazy movies. Like I remember I watched Terminator Two when I was like four years old. You know, like it was. It, it nothing was off and and to be fair terminator one was a horror movie in my mind it had that like relentless um like yeah. serial killer vibe yep um so i've seen both of those when i was a kid you know um but he was just like nah mate not howling not till you're older and um and then so we'd sort of put it on this pedestal my younger brother and i you know um you might remember he's got our version of the super Bowl ring the goosebumps one i mentioned my brother just before um the how yeah so we we finally got to the age where we're like all right we can watch howling and we're like dad this is the corniest movie we've ever seen in our life <laughs> yeah but it was it's all it's all time and place you know and if yeah i mean if your dad took his car to that drive-in it mm. wouldn't have had the same impact it's the vulnerability of being on your bike and you know heading home and you you feel exposed and you know uh yeah um 
Yeah, I remember, you know, uh, so me, your dad and I are very close in age. And yep. uh, I remember uh, going to see The Omen and how much that just freaked me out. And same thing, you know, driving home in my car by myself, you know, again, where you're not by where there are houses and you're kind of out in the middle of the nowhere and you're just looking around going, <laughs> I, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the you're right. The experience paints it all, and I think sometimes the cinema was definitely uh, could have been a scary place. You know, dark. Um, you know, you don't know everyone around you. There's like um, sort of additional um, elements at play there. I also think that that whole um, uh, the cliche of reading the Goosebumps books with the flashlight under the under the Duna cover also created a good um, feel about it. Like I have a version. Oh, there was a series. I think there's about five series, five books in a series. I mean, um, that had like a little swivel light in the in like a hard cover that like came out from the side, so you could read it at night time. Oh neat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember those. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've got that um as part of yeah part of the collection it's uh it's one of those it's one of those things where i sort of just i didn't venture too much into the choose your own adventure stuff like the uh, give yourself series i have like sporadic books here or there but i have the original 62 um as part of the actually i have the original 62 times two because i had to buy so many bulk lots to get one book that i didn't I have so you had to get that those last couple it's tough so it's i went harder so uh, if you have two full sets that's a, a, a you're one of the few people i know that has two full sets yeah yeah well i didn't realize i did until i was like all right i have the full set and i just had a box of doubles so i went through and i was like wow actually i have two full sets plus doubles um so i've sort of went through there and just chose um the best of each one made one pile the second best made a second pile and then just have a third grouping of extras so it's just one of those things where it just happened organically i just sort of collected all the ones i needed and then realized at the end well hang on i've got i've got two full two full here and look some of the like um c and d versions mm -hmm. um definitely have the librarian's signature in there yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty cool actually like uh like seeing some of the because i i look through them as well and you see like i had one that had like a um in australia we had one dollar oh i mean everything about australia is 10 years ago except for we don't have one dollar notes anymore um and we we have one dollar and two dollar coins um and then our notes start at five okay um so um one of them had a one dollar note as a bookmark in there which is pretty cool because they were even phased out after the the goosebump series but someone had obviously kept that as like just a like just a bookmark yeah, like, yeah or something. That's cool. yeah so, so you you find treasures like that the other thing is at the back of the book all the things like because i'm kind of past when that i didn't get goosebumps as they were new i sort of like the series had already been mostly released when i started reading it as a kid so I sort of came in towards the end of it but then had this whole catalog to go back on so i 
I was able to go through and look retrospectively at all these like merch items in the back covers that people could like get newsletters and like all these cool all this cool stuff. Were you able to? Were, was the stuff still valid? Like were those addresses still valid, and you could go back and get that, or were they old enough to where that was just nostalgia? Well, see, I've always been a collector even before something was collectible. Like I, I, when I buy stuff, I keep it as best as I can in like the best quality that I can. So I looked it up and some of it was valid, but I just couldn't bring myself to cut pages out of the books yeah. to, to, to get it. Yeah, yeah. It like patch 22. You. Yeah, I got you. Um, but we were lucky enough. We had, the, uh, we had what they called like the book fair at school. So Scholastic would have like a, a whole like con it was kind of like um, picture like a um, like a um, market sort of thing like a con sort of thing like it was some of the events that you have with signings and stuff where you could just go and buy the merch directly from them and you could sign up for stuff there. I had um, I signed up for the the Magic School Bus on VHS, um, and they were. Be I swear they're still getting tapes delivered to that house, man. That's that never ended. Um, I, I feel like that would be a good way to prank someone. If you can afford to prank someone at a mere twelve dollars fifty a month, you can sign up for Magic School Bus, and I'll send you one of the tapes. I, look, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm gonna re I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some uh, generate some uh, monthly subscriptions <laughs> where it's just you subscribe to me and I just send you random stuff from my shed every month and you just it's a lucky dip. Uh, actually, um, you could, I think you could get a lot of people to sign up for that. Yeah, if it included Goosebumps stuff, I feel like there's a very um, very sought after market for that sort of stuff but yeah I, I, it's one of those things where i sort of collected it all and it's difficult for me to part with any of it now because i just you know it's all there but i'm just like yeah what like it's all there i've read it i got two complete series but i just like i it just i just keep it and look after it from now and just sort of preserve it how it is i have this fantasy one day if i have kids to like to to sit and read with them again and sort of relive it that's cool yeah i've got to see it through their eyes and that is one of the cool things about having a kid is stuff that you've forgotten and don't do anymore or there's things that you, like you didn't get a chance to do as a kid so you know i live real close to uh, new york city and mm -hmm. it wasn't until my kid was born before i went up to the top of the empire state building you know, oh, just yeah. simple, you know, simple things. And I remember going there and I think I was more impressed than he was that we were mm. there. So, yeah, all that stuff, uh, you know, buying, uh, you know, slot cars again, yeah. you know, doing racing in the house and all those, you know, building tree forts, all that stuff. Yeah. That's, the, that's the coolest part about being, being a parent and getting a chance to redo that stuff. That you just you know listen you can't just can't go out in the yard and, and build a tree fort without a kid next to you because you yeah. you know people are gonna call the cops on you yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly you um you um get to relive a lot of those memories i remember when when we were kids like a lot of the 
cool stuff I did with my old man. You know, he'd show us like we had the like the like the slot cars, and we would work in the shed. And like I remember, um, he would rebuild motorbikes in the shed and sit me on the petrol tank, and we'd ride we'd do the test ride around the backyard, and you know, um, yeah, I'd be sort stuff. of just doing all that that cool yeah. stuff. And um, I think that 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 brings everyone like a, like those are core memories for me and it was just a short amount of time but like you know i've i relive that stuff so many times since then i think that that's also why a lot of the um the stuff from the 90s including goosebumps is like su such a um so hard to get because now all these all these kids that can buy it all back are just going out and getting as much as they can from when like i do the retro games and everything like that as well like i i um tend to find it's harder and harder to get all that stuff because it's just not they didn't make it again after that like i i buy stuff um from the 90s and i'm like even if it isn't like the best quality or whatever i know that the wear and tear on that item is as of that era like it's just you can't recreate that yeah um let me let's just jump back real quick to you know when you have a kid think about that so the memories for me and it sounds like for you are the, the coolest memories are the ones that were the simple ones like we went on a, you know, my father took us on vacations, but that wasn't as cool as the first time he let me climb up on the roof with him to, you know, to fix the chimney, you know, yeah. just those little things that you, you know, at the time you're not, you know, <laughs> sometimes you're like, damn it, I got to climb up on the roof and fix the chimney. And you don't think, uh, you know, come on, bring the kid with you and let them have some fun. And those are the ones that really hit home. It's not the expense, it's the experience. So anyway yeah hey good that's a, that's a good catch on that one um i actually have a similar story we ha we installed air conditioning on the roof um in the house when i was a kid and uh, my job was to run all the ducts through the roof cavity because right, dad was go. too tall to fit um the best part is i went through the fucking roof in the hallway so um my <laughs> mom had to because before i went not all not everything goes perfectly as no, either, it, so. it, this went as good as it could i mean you got a four-year-old five-year-old manual labor like what do you expect <laughs> running duck work yeah before i got like he's like my my old man is the best at that he'd just be like he, he'll complain about unskilled labor of a four-year-old because the level of quality isn't up to what he expected um <laughs> come on that apprenticeship that went on for the first three years of your life you should, yeah. be, you should be a you know you should be a journeyman i i should have rocked up at the end of high school to a building site money i've been doing this shit for 20 years just give me a full-time job um but yeah i i remember walking through that he was like only walk on the beams not on the bit in between the beams but when you carry in the duct and it's like twice your body weight and you're like a little strong man there i'll um i was running the the ducks and i've put my foot on where above where the the hole was and i felt it crack and my foot goes like th not th completely through but if you're in the hall you would have seen the imprint of a boot like my younger brother thought santa come early that year and uh, um my mum had to get in underneath and push the foot up with a broom so that like i had something to like sort of support so i didn't go through 
And uh, yeah, but I I remember that. Um, yeah, good times. The uh, the 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 work with the old man, and I I'm handy now because of all the stuff that he taught me over the years on fixing things and like repairing. Like I, I live in rental properties. Uh, the Australian housing market is pretty crap. Um, so yeah, I'll probably be renting until, um, yeah, until I'm at least 65. And, um, I reckon that the amount of hassle I've saved myself by just knowing how to sort of quickly fix stuff. That's a, you know, and I, so my dad, uh, had no building experience until he bought his own house mm. and at the time, and the same thing happened to me where, okay, I now have this place, but I can't afford to have somebody come and do the plumbing or, you know, fix the light switch or, you know, or for in my father's case, build the second story. And, and he just took it upon himself. And because he had that attitude, he passed it along to me. So yeah, it's a, it's one of the, the best things that now, you know, I've been doing it now for, you know, since I was 10 and mm. I, you know, I've got some skills and there's, I've saved myself tons and tons of money by being able to take care of stuff myself. And, uh, you know, there is a line you draw where if you, I know I can do stuff. Okay. But if you want yeah. something done really nice, it's great to bring over the guy who has all the skills and watch a professional do it and have it come out, you know, pristine. Then you go, Oh, that's, that's, that's how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, the, to not be afraid of any of that stuff and just dive in, um, you, you get a lot of satisfaction out of that. You know, the, when you fix something, especially if you don't, especially today, I, you know, I, I talk about this endlessly. So you used to just have to figure stuff out. Now, no matter what job you do, you just go sit down and you dial in YouTube and you say, I'm putting in a compressor for, you know, a pool that was, you know, uh, from 1968 and it's a Haywood pump. And this is what, yeah. you know, all of a sudden there's a guy with the exact compressor on the exact pump and you can see somebody who knows what they're doing fix it and go oh okay i get it so the information that's available now makes it so much easier than okay it's broken and i don't know what the hell to do now i've used yeah. all my skills i put the wires in every configuration i can think of and it still doesn't work yeah that's that's exactly right like i um i do things around the place with that um mentality and i think like you said it's, it was instilled in um from that young yeah, age yeah don't be afraid that's the whole thing and if you break something eh, it's not the end of the world mm, mm. yeah exactly uh, I, I can tell you handy tim i've seen those say so those pictures in the background exactly the right angle not turned to one side or anything exactly the right um, not not tilted at all. It's a hundred percent exactly how you want. I, I, that looks like you've had your measuring tape out there. Your Stanley tools. Uh, yeah, the tools uh, yeah. are out a lot. We, we yeah. break them out a lot. Uh, yeah, that's what that's why I like about that old style mentality of that my old man. Well, because here's the thing: I have friends where my dad is closer to their grandparents age when i was growing up because my old man was like 
um, 35 when he had me. Okay. So um, I found that that difference in upbringing, because also my nan was a single mom. Well, for, a li for she remarried, but um, she, um, oh no, I'm giving away too much. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but basically, my um, my nan was the same age gap that my dad is to me between my dad and and her. Okay. So, so we cover quite a large range of um of generations between just three some people it fit four in that same time frame um so my nan was a um was um a was was in the second world war and she brought up my old man with a lot of that like um can do attitude and i think he passed that on to me so not only does it come from dad but it's like an intergenerational thing that comes down from from my nan having to fend for herself a lot yeah. of the time and yeah. you know just have that tactical tactical thinking um nan was born in 1923 that's three questions towards the um look what 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 one one day someone's gonna go through all my catalog of episodes to try and find some information about me um and and i've got them to the point where they can apply for a passport now so um you know they they might do more traveling under my my name than i ever will so congratulations to the person that just won look for a mere twelve dollars fifty you can travel the world um hey speaking of traveling though um oh geez that was too professional that segue i'm gonna have to um i'm gonna have to tone it down yeah, we're gonna have to, yeah let's edit this in post <laughs> <laughs> no it was we're leaving it in they should know the truth <laughs> um but speaking of traveling um we mentioned at the top of the show that um you did some backpacking or well, i don't you what do you call it hitchhiking how do you call it in, yeah, in so, the states uh, backpacking is when you head into the to the woods and you're away from everybody and you're up in the mountains and you're right. camping hitchhiking is when you're standing on the road and you put your thumb out and you're mm looking for someone to give you a ride and you're moving from town to town or in in my case i had just finished high school um friends of mine it was the fall and friends were already at college so another friend and i just decided we were going to travel all around the united states stopping at friends colleges to hang with them going to visit some relatives but taking the opportunity to see the united states uh on a low budget we were on a i you know our goal was to only spend five dollars a day and uh it's kind of hard to do but we you know we we kept it pretty pretty good um we did sleep in sleeping bags in a tent but we would always go to a, a campground we weren't you know occasionally you would get stuck and have to sleep you know uh you know in a in an overhang or you know in a bathroom or you know something like that but that was very very rare mostly mm -hmm. we were you know at a campground where we could get a shower and uh and then when you're visiting people you know you're they everybody loved when we showed up and you know had a few stories to tell and we were able to cover 36 uh, of the 50 states we were on the road for uh three months and um it was you know again this goes back to what i was talking about earlier about uh 
you know, it's not the expensive trips that you remember, but you know, these, this thing was so, you know, at the time you go, Oh, this is just, you know, we're doing this because we don't have money and we can't afford to take our own car and drive around the United States. We need to do it because we can't afford to do that. But it was such an experience. You meet so many different people. It's now a thing that no one does anymore. It's, you know, um, to be perfectly honest, you know, people say they don't do it anymore because it's too dangerous. And I don't know if the, the world is different, but I don't know if it's that different. You know, I still think there's, we were picked up, so we were picked up by every type of person you can think of the most, and everybody was super nice, super generous. Some people just brought us back to their homes and said, oh, you could stay here, I'll feed you, and I'll take you back out to the interstate on, you know, mm -hmm. in the morning and you can continue on your trip. 99% of the people were overly, overly gracious and nice. Um, and then, you know, and then of course there's 1% and there's 1% where it goes real bad, real hard, but uh, you know, hopefully you get through those and um, you know, because there was two of us, nothing got too out of hand, but you know, mm -hmm. if I, if I had told my parents what was going on uh, while we were on the road, they would have, they would have died a thousand deaths. Yep. So again, remember, this is no cell phones, so there's no communications. Uh, payphone was the only way to do it. We had paper maps in our backpacks, and that was the only way to find your way around. And again, we're just going, and we also did a lot of, well, you know, the people who picked us up would say, well, where are you going? And we would say, I'm going here. And they would go, well, I'm going here. But, you know, if they were covering a large distance, we'd go, all right, take us there. And we've never been there, so let's do that. So a lot of the trip was just uh, make it up as you go along. And uh, that was, uh, it was really a, a, a tremendous experience. The memories are great. And um, I had always... When I started the trip, I had left, I had lived in New Jersey my whole life. And when we started the trip, I was thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to find the perfect place to live while I'm on this trip. And then I'm going to then come home and maybe go to art school there or, uh, you know, go to college there or, or finish schooling in New Jersey and then go move to this new Shangri-La that I thought existed. And, uh, traveled around and we saw, like I said, 36 different states. And after all of it was said and done, when I got home, I went, huh, I live in a pretty good place. And uh, I've stayed the, you know, ever since. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I wish people could experience that, uh, you know, that fly by night type experience, because everything we do is so planned and regulated and you know we we get overly concerned with you know how things turn out and this was well let's just see how it turns out and uh yeah uh, 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 you know <laughs> it was one of the greatest experiences of my life but i would have a real hard time if my son said he was going to go do it
Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, now that I have the perspective of, you know, at the time I just went, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is the greatest idea. But now as a parent, I can only imagine, I, I give my parents a lot of credit for not saying no or giving me a, you know, they just, you know, they were very, they were very accommodating with, you know, the ideas that I had. And uh, that's harder to do uh, as an adult. Like, it's easy to be a wild man kid and come up with stupid ideas. That's the, there's no shortage of stupid ideas when you're 17 and 18. But it's for them to go, uh, all right, we're, you know, we'll back you up on this one. Um, I, I, give them tons and tons of credit because even now i like i said i'd have a really hard time if my kid goes all right yeah i'm gonna grab my backpack and gonna go hitchhiking around i'll, I'll see you in three months and i'm gonna leave my phone here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, and make sure you've got your paper map before you leave. yeah exactly <laughs> paper map yep exactly with a pen so you can mark where you are and circle stuff and yeah and you know it's only one pit stop with no toilet paper off being gone too <laughs> no you always had toilet paper in your backpack oh it, right you, that was that was a must have all the time you know even if you had a steel roll from the campground no matter what yeah. you had some yeah. some decent toilet paper with you. yeah good okay there you go um this is the the um bear grills of new jersey <laughs> yeah yeah but that's just it we were that's never the, we were never too far off the beaten path i mean you know we would walk in a store and buy a sandwich you know yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it wasn't too we bad have, we had we had canned food in our backpack yeah. for those times where we couldn't get anywhere but like i said we're on a five dollar a day budget so yeah. you go over to the you're in the campground you go over to the store you buy a can of soup and some tuna fish and a, a loaf of bread and you make sandwiches and you have some soup and okay you know we're, we're good we're 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 inside our budget you throw the rest of the bread in the backpack and away you go yeah no, uh, no, no bear grill stuff we weren't eating bugs and uh <laughs> you know building building shelters with you know bamboo and, and trapping <laughs> animals none of that stuff um i had a one of my early jokes i did on stage was i wonder if bear grills wife watches the show because if so um he's got no excuses um when he comes back to like not do housework and shit like that because because you know she, she'll just be like I, I just seen you eat a dead bat out of a cave come on the, yeah, don't the, you the, dare complain about the the pasta meal i just <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but no that 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 sounds like a really so i did a little traveling when i was younger um there's a if if you look at a map of australia there's a small island off the south called tasmania and it's part of australia it's considered another state of australia but it's separated by water um and it's where the last tasmanian tiger was mm -hmm. um which is like a sort of a marsupial type um it's technically a marsupial but it's actually a um kind of a more like a dog anyway um yeah i did some travel down there and we spent time in caravan parks while we we're waiting for a house to become available mm -hmm. um and like you said it's all the little things like i, I have old um like 
home camcorder footage of my brother and I like digging holes in the campground, like next to the caravan, there's like a dirt mound and we're like got little army men and stuff in there just hanging out. And, um, and while my dad was filming, it's like a creeper. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. that's a Bill Burr reference. If you, um, do do you listen to the Bill Burr podcast and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, So I'm glad you got that reference because, um, (laughs) out of context, you'd think that I had like Tourette's or something. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny to this day. Like I just, I'll show my brother. I'll be like, Hey man, look, check out this old footage. I found it's us digging a hole. And I'll be like, well, our dad filmed us in the bush. Um, <laughs> but like, we actually had a guy you're talking about being close to New York. I had a guy from New York on my podcast. He's a Canberra guy now, but he grew up in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in a local band and I had him on the, on the show and he said that he used to go to like Lemoore's to watch bands and um, he worked in um, near the Diamond District um, yep. as as a um, like a precious metals alchemist. Wow. Um, so he basically used to melt down platinum and all that sort of stuff as his, um, as his full-time job. He'd just go into this room and just sit there making sure that you've melted it down into bars um after uh, after getting orders from all the jewelry shops and you'd take them blanks in the form of jewelry that like for designs that they could finish up or sell on or whatever so uh yeah he's got some pretty good um pretty good stories from that area so it's um he, he said that his uncle was into cars this is one that my old man really liked this this like little add to this add into the story because he, he, he's got that like thick yeah, Brooklyn guy, accent. accent. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, like the first time I ever seen him out in the wild, one of my buddies, I go into a kebab shop and he's like leaning over the counter. He's going, make it good. And, <laughs> and, the, and, and the guy behind the counter is just trying to keep calm. He's just going like, sir, we make all of our kebabs the same way. It's a standard ingredients. He's going, yeah, but make mine good. Make it good um so yeah that that's my that's my buddy tony but yeah he um of he course said his got, name is tony of yeah, course yeah. his name is tony <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's the he's the mad scientist of precious metals but uh he um he spoke about his boss who's like like an italian um brooklyn guy but like was in his 80s back then so like this guy's lived it uh, he said that guy wouldn't stop on the subway for anybody. 80 years old, he'd throw the biggest guys down if they got in his way, you know. Um, he said even, like, they'd be going through town and there'd be, like, a guy, you know, just throw rubbish on the ground or whatever. And most people just keep walking. This guy would be like, hey, respect the city, you know. Yeah, um, pick that up. If he can, <laughs> yeah. Pick that, up. With, <laughs> pick that up without your hands. Um, so... Yeah. So yeah, that's the Tony Tony stories. So uh, this is you know. So this is the late seventies. Um, I'm one of the jobs that I had was uh, I was a lifeguard, and uh, obviously you know the the beach is the busiest on Saturday and Sunday, 
And we always, as lifeguards, would get off Monday and or Tuesday. And because we worked at the beach on your day off, you don't, you are totally fed up with the beach. So we want to do something else. So we used to always go into the city. Now I live 40 minutes from Manhattan. And I don't know how much of the history of New York you know, but there was a time in the late 70s where it was called the Summer of Sam. And that's when, uh, uh, you know, the all the murders were going on in the city. And, you know, the city was bankrupt. There was graffiti everywhere. Every It, it, was, it was a scene out of a movie. And we used to just go in. Uh, I would drive all the, all of us in. We, again, we hung in a group, so you know safety in numbers. And we would just get on the subway, and we would just go, and then go. Is this the spot? And then we would just get off the subway and see where the hell we were, and walk around and find places. And uh, again, you know, just taking a, a taking just a whim and searching around the city. And uh, it was great, you know the. The places we found to eat, the cool parks that we found, uh, all of it. You know, New York is a just a, a it was a wild place, but uh, you know, again, we're doing it during the day. At night, it may have been a different thing back then, but uh, yeah, uh, New York City uh, back then was just uh, it was it was incredible. It still is. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's 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 no scarier. You know, people talk about, oh man, New York's really changed since the uh, since the pandemic. To me, it's kind of we we've rolled it back to that uh, you know to that summer of Sam, and it's a little wild, but you know, keep your head on a swivel, and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you probably remember the. Um if you listen to the bill burr podcast the story about you know billy billy young billy going from uh, massachusetts uh, like in the suburbs over to new york for the first time and the guy rips him off for the cab and uh like he gives the dude the money and and like and like the other new york cab driver just comes over and just says like what the fuck are you doing what? No, no, that yeah and there are lots of people like that who you know they would see us thinking we were you know it, you know, again, we're 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 kids with tans. You know, obviously we've been at the beach. We don't belong where everybody's pasty white. And uh, you know, they would come over and say the same thing, and we're like, "Don't worry, you know, <laughs> we know what we're doing." Yeah, yeah. Keep your money. Keep your real money in your shoe. Keep the you know, keep a little pocket change in your pocket. So if somebody does show up with a knife. Here you go. Take my money, but you didn't get the real money. The real money is in my show. So yeah, yeah, exactly. The um, the the old um, the old money trick, hey? <laughs> it was it was a new trick back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, that, that that was the equivalent of saying to someone, "That's my name. Don't wear it out." And it was the first time anyone heard it. <laughs> Imagine just being the first guy to ever be able to say that. Like, um, I think that if I could go back in time, I would be the first person. I'd go to like a point where I could say that, and people thought I was a genius, not just a hack. 
<laughs> well, I haven't heard it in a while. So actually, you've come full cycle and it, it's a little bit nostalgic for me. Yeah, there we go. Just like the Goosebump series. Hey, back on track. <laughs> Look at us. Bring it right back around. Now, I do have something to show you. I've got a, um, I'm going to show you a um, picture from the archives. This is a. Um, we spoke about this earlier, like in the previous episode. Um, let me just bring it up for the viewers. I know I'm sort of trailing here. It's because I can't do two things at once. Like I'm trying to, mum used to say, I can multitask. I'm like, mum, you're half burning dinner and you're holding the conversation. I can't understand. Um, all right, here it is here. So now I don't remember, I don't know if you remembered this or not but um, one of the first times that we spoke via email was to get a tattoo design done so i'll just show okay, yeah, you yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. Sh I'll show the viewers um so this is the original design and uh, the brief behind it was basically i wanted get that cheddar but i wanted it done in the style of um some goosebumps covers which i chose it was werewolf skin and monster blood with the guinea pig i think it's monster blood too um so it was done in that style so this this was designed by tim sent over to me from what i understand it's a one of one now i went down to melbourne to um, one of my artists earlier in um uh, towards the end of last year actually around halloween and got um and got now it's hard to get a good picture of of a tattoo because it's not on a flat surface but i went and got this done on my oh, leg wow that looks great yeah so that's the um that's the the final design that's probably about maybe six inches on the inside of my of my calf that's cool God, that guy's uh, yeah uh, have you used him before the tattoo artist yeah so i I'll, I'll show um i'll show another image so just to give you um some context on the back of that leg you can see in that picture i had before that there was um like a uh the outside of another tattoo now um let me just pull this up this is uh the first tattoo i got done of uh by that artist um oh well yeah there we go i just got to bring up the window you know you get to watch this is some, this is some good stuff you get to watch a 90s kid operate new technology come on just relax here for a second um but yeah this is so this is the first tattoo i got done from that same artist um and this is on the back of my calf so just to show people um some other work that was done this is john candy from the movie uncle bark oh wow that's awesome yeah so now just around the back of that is the is the rat very cool very yeah. cool yeah guys talented so uh now that i've finally showed you i can finally post that so if anyone wants to see the the i was sort of saving posting it because i wanted to wanted to show you um on cool. the show thanks um but yeah no it's, it was really good and he and he felt privileged as well because he's also a 90s kid so he he was really happy to happy to do it um and be able to um have a bit of a story i guess yeah that's awesome yeah it, excellent job and uh but yeah the the john candy one i mean he's he caught the likeness and uh that's uh I, I'm, I'm in awe of tattoo artists you know it's one thing to paint on a canvas you know 
it's another thing to be, you know, stippling on, you know, a, a person while they're there. You know, you're never in, you know, like everything's yep. nice and flat and right in front of me when I'm working. You know, he's bending and twisting and so are you. So, uh, you know, the, the stuff that's out now, uh, that's, that is the one of the things in my lifetime that's been very cool is to watch the evolution of that. When I was, you know, when I was a kid, the only people who had tattoos were guys who were in the Navy. You know, my fro my, my dad was in World War II and mm -hmm. he had a couple of buddies and they had the warship, you know, on the arm and, you know, the, the anchors and all the classic stuff. And when I was in high school, it was real rare to see a kid who had a tattoo, you know, and he was not the kid who was, uh, you know, getting the best grades and uh, playing on the football team. He was the kid that was generally in trouble. And, and now, uh, you know, I went to a horror con last weekend in, in Florida and, uh, I, you know, it seemed like you needed to have tattoos on three appendages just to get into this place. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the uh, tattoo on your appendage um yeah on appendages no, i'm just, two, I'm just messing around yeah yeah I'm just <laughs> yeah you know two arms two legs yeah, you know yeah. or at least three had to have tattoos on them you it's thought just, it was a tattoo convention for a yeah, second I you swear, went to the wrong I one swear. yeah i swear and uh uh but yeah it used to have a negative connotation to it and now it's you know everybody's got them you know they're all yeah. cool yeah yeah and and we spoke in the previous episode about the first time you'd seen any of your artwork tattooed on somebody and i think that you probably see that grow over the years oh, different it's, now it's a you know it it was a real like you said it, we talked uh, 18 months ago it was still kind of a novelty and now um you know i had i had i saw three goosebumps tattoos at this convention that I told you I was at. So yeah. you can see them online. That's not that rare, but to see them out in the wild, that's, uh, you know, that's cool. And uh, some, uh, yeah, uh, some, some, some pretty cool ones too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be part of the club. There you um, go. And uh, I, th I think um, something else that um, you mentioned from memory when you first designed that is it was good to design something with the like because from the get-go I'd um, said that it was going to be a tattoo so it was helped in the design process in knowing that like it was going to be for a Absolutely. tattoo sure uh, all 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 art projects you got to tell me if you can tell me where it's going and what it's being used for I'm going to be able to to know what to do with it that's going to give it the most impact yeah yeah exactly I, i've got a few other pieces um from that guy and there's i don't know if you've seen the art style before but the 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 fill-in pieces around that to sort of blanket out to make the rest of the leg sort of all tessellate together is from a game called limbo so it's basically reverse shaded um um sort of sort of um side scrolling video game and it's a newer game but has sort of that same 90s video game vibe so it's going to all just turn into a whole like um black and gray like yep. so and i'm a big fan of the black and white tattoos that's yeah that's way cool 
Well, I'm the white. It's the yeah. yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> I've got half of it. Yeah, bring... well, you, you got to bring something to the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or to the the massage table in this case. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's good to be able to finally show you, man. I, I, I it's been a long time coming. I think that that was originally designed in like the end of 2019 with the idea to get it the following year but then because of all of the delays and stuff in between now and then it was good to finally see through i think i had cancelled and re um because it's an interstate trip to get to, to see yeah. that artist yeah. at the time it was i think um two or three times i rescheduled that to finally be able to do it um so yeah if anyone's wondering the picture was did have the the stamp of the artist but it's by um an artist in melbourne called dead cherub and um as in out to dead cherub yeah uh, as in any and yeah uh, he does a lot of horror themed stuff he does a lot of cool like um like sort of um reverse shading um smoky background style like it's it's really cool i've basically just given him my legs to 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 do his art on um which is which is which is good and good to good to close it all up um now we'll we'll get into plugs and wrap it on that um happy with that sure cool yeah um all right well i mentioned this in the previous episode before um but i'm bringing it up again it's a good close out um to the to the plugs as well check out um tim's website which i'll um chuck obviously chuck the link in the in the um description for this but there is something here that i wanted to bring up just in case it doesn't get um you know in case it's not brought straight to everybody's attention on tim's website it's got a section there about um some um charity work that that he does uh, there's a bunch of photos there of stuff that's going um going to people in need so definitely uh donate to that i think if you've enjoyed the episode tim's donated his time to do the episode so i think you should donate um anything that you can afford to uh keep the wheels turning on that yeah and just uh, and the, the way you support it is buy yourself a print and uh that's all and we we take care of the rest um as a matter of fact i have there's a there's a, a, a super large amount of groceries on the floor in the room upstairs that goes mm -hmm. uh, on uh, tomorrow morning we we bring it over so uh yeah we you know when it started out it was just a couple of handfuls a couple of bags a couple of boxes and uh now we're we're getting to the point where uh we're exceeding the truck and i got to take multiple trips over so um the people at the food bank are very happy that we can help out and that we're consistently helping out. So, you know, I appreciate everybody's support because uh, it just kind of started out as one of those things during the pandemic where you're going, ah, you know, can I do anything? And mm. uh, it's the fact that it's still rolling. And um, um, yeah, I appreciate everybody's, you know, everybody helping out. Yeah. Well, um, the, all the, pictures in the background of my um cam here are available in prints as well that's uh, specifically chose things from the website is yeah we have uh yeah I, when we talked 18 months ago i probably only had you know six or eight uh prints yep. and now we're we're at 16 and uh so as you know it goes along and i can afford it i'll you know get a couple of more made 
and uh, so we're going to continue to add them as long as people keep buying them. We can we can chisel away and, and keep adding more and more prints. Yeah, and uh, that's going to actually be lead into my last bit. So what I'm actually going to be doing as part of this episode is I'm going to buy each one of the prints that's in the photo behind me. Um, oh, cool. Uh, as a donation. And, oh, um, and as part of this episode, um, as a promotion, people that share it will um, go in the draw to to get those prints sent out to them as a secondhand oh, nice. thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, it all goes around, and people can share the uh, share your artwork. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks, man. So, yeah, no, appreciate it, man. You've been very generous with your time, and um, I appreciate getting a bit more of the story behind um, just not just goosebumps, but also a lot about yourself as well. It's been really good having you on the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you anytime. Uh, um, okay, I'll tease you. Uh, next time you have me on. Yeah, we go. I'll tell you about the time I went to jail. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was going to buy the stuff. Why did you? <laughs> That's the way this works. That's the way this works. Hey, look. Maybe I'll I'll increase the budget for the show. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict it. Next time you come back, we'll have a 25 a month budget. We'll be able to have multiple prints. Ah. I'll be able to show you the follow up tattoos. Like it's gonna it's 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 gonna be great. Yeah, thank thank thanks for that, Tisa. Well, I guess you're keeping me honest, man. Uh, look whether i like it or not tim's coming back i mean it, it's it's happening <laughs> but soon i'll be introducing this as like a, as a guest on tim jacobus's podcast that he's hijacked off me i'm the producer for your show under my name isn't this great um no but uh, uh, that that'd be really cool i'd love to have you back man and um be able to chat some more about some cool stuff absolutely yeah the, it's fun to talk to you marky i you know i do podcasts but uh yeah you're fun and uh i hope the people who are listening in enjoy it as much as i do yeah i i if anyone enjoys this that's a bonus because i've already had um the, everything i could get out of this episode just by hanging out and chatting to you awesome cool all right let's wrap it up with that thanks everyone for tuning in and I'll uh, catch it at the next one. Don't buy me a drink. Just name names. Yeah, so yeah right. Big Tony. You'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk. Yeah, all day. Make people feel ashamed for shit all day. <laughs> Don't blow Turn it. into a hard drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to keep it simple. Count your money. That they're not proud of. Just give me ten bucks. Hey, right. Click. Did you hang up? No, I just said click.